um, our off-screen talk, man, you talked about the lack of mentors in the community. So I feel like we should start off right there, man. And you talked about how you learned everything and mostly mostly everything from your brothers. Right. Um, so let's let's get into that. Let's talk about definitely in I know for sure I'm a Cleveland public school kid, you're a Cleveland public school kid. Alex went to you know, high school. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland Heights High School. So um, <laughs> talk to us about like how do you like how do you feel like the impact of having a mentor at a young age affects you and helps you? What's grow? up, everybody? It's Willie and Alex from the Black Culture Podcast. I know you're ready to get into this video, but before you do that, make sure to subscribe to our channel and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Black Culture Podcast. Enjoy the video. Uh, well, I know you got a thing too now. I got three, man. Yep, I have a a, not, a ten year old that thinks he's seventeen. I have uh <laughs> wait, hold on. He's 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 10 now? When he's when 10. He turn 10? Man, listen, first of all, when I said he was nine, I got too many kids. I got his age wrong. <laughs> he is, he is 10. Okay. Man, dude, you awful, bro. Uh, <laughs> listen, they name Zion and Zylan. I get them mixed up. I call one other name, he'd be like, Dad, I'm Zion. Like, whatever, you know who I'm talking to, man. Go do what I told you to do, man. <laughs> Oh man, it's a blessing though, man. It's a yeah, blessing. And I got a baby girl too, man. I got a little baby girl, man. She actually her birthday is um her birthday is on the 21st, man. She turns four. Oh, that's what's up. oh man, congratulations in advance and wish her a happy birthday from all of us, man. You Absolutely, know? man. You know? This is a good segue, man, to get into my first question, man. We, yes, uh, sir. Since we're talking about uh now, kids, hold on. wait, man. wait, 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 wait. You know, oh, no, I didn't do it. I got him. Got him. Man, I had a clean record, man. I, I, I couldn't wait for this moment. So, CISO, on the Black Culture Podcast, we got a tradition. Before we start conversations, we like to toast it up. Okay. So, I don't I don't know if Willie told you to bring I don't know a if cup. I told you. He didn't tell me, but I'll bring my cup. <laughs> you going to go, go grab one, man. Get one really quick. Yeah, man. Dang it, man. I was undefeated, man. I'm no longer no, undefeated. Sir. You are not undefeated anymore. I'm making sure everybody and their mama know about this. I'm going to cut that part out. Nah, bro. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> I, I would just use a teacup, you know, because that, that's that's all I got right now. That right? works, man. Hey, man, that's cool. You know what I'm uh, saying? There it is. Toast there it, it up. Is. Toast it up. All so right. it's, it's, it's funny, man. I'm going to tell you something. Where I got that from. It used to be this podcast. Uh, it was like three, four Nigerian dudes who used to uh, talk about, you know, stuff or whatever. And uh, that was their tradition. They don't have a podcast anymore. I'm like, I'm stealing that. Yep. <laughs> Thank I you am advance. stealing that. Yeah, bro. <laughs> it's a black culture podcast. So dope tradition. Dope tradition. Yes, sir. I appreciate you including me on it. Next time, I'll definitely have, make sure to have something in the cup. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're all right brother man so man when we had our um our off-screen talk man you talked about the lack of mentors in the community so i feel right. like we should start off right there man and you talked about how you learned everything and mostly mostly everything from your brothers right um so let's let's get into that let's talk about definitely in i know for sure i'm a cleveland public school kid you're a cleveland public school kid Alex went to you know, high school, so, uh, <laughs> Cleveland Heights High School. So um, <laughs> talk to us about 
like how do you like how do you feel like the impact of having a mentor at a young age affects you and helps you grow you know for me having a mentor is kind of like having uh, a second parent right most of our you know the kids uh, you know people who come from the same background as we do they'll come from you know family structures where the parents are constantly working we don't have time to, you know what I mean? We, you just better make sure you got, you know, you're doing your schoolwork and you're good. You know, they don't have time to check up on who you're hanging out with and, you know, making sure that you're actually, you know, passing classes, you know? Uh, but, you know, having that mentorship, you know, with someone is kind of having somebody who holds you accountable in the same uh, uh, way as, you know, a parent would, right? Uh, I was fortunate to find that, you know, in my brothers, because I always looked up to my brothers, but not everyone can say they look up to their brothers. You know what I mean? So I would say find that within, let's say, when, when, when you when you're out about in the world. Right. Don't just don't just, you know, uh, be out about out and about in the world. Be present. Search for what you're looking for. You know what I mean? When you have conversations with people, don't just have conversations with people. Pick their brain. And then if you find somebody that has, uh, that seems to have knowledge that you want, ask that person to be your mentor. You know what I mean? And it takes humility to, add, to, to seek mentorship. It takes humility to ask somebody to be your mentor. But I tell you, even though, you, you know, I, I, I'm big on, you know, reading, you know, you know, Bible and things like that, but pride goes before the fall, right? Even if you don't know, you know, that stuff, when you, you can sense when somebody thinks they're like high and mighty when they're really not, <laughs> right? When you feel that, nobody wants to be around you. You know what I mean? Even your friends won't really be your friends. They'll just, they're just there just because, you know, they have nothing else to do. <laughs> Beneficial for their time at that time being. Yes. So I would say as you go, about, go out and about in the world, be intentional about what you're seeking. Right. Be present when you talk to people, when you have conversations, have, try to have conversations with people who don't come from the same background as you or from people who actually who you think uh, uh, seem like they have knowledge that you would want. And when you do have these conversations, pick your brain, you know, submit yourself a little. It's hard for us as black men. Right. It's hard for us as black men to not, you know, be uh, kind of have a little machismo complex a little bit. It's natural, it's in our DNA actually, you know what I mean? But you gotta be able to, the biggest thing is you can, you can do for yourself is to learn how to master that, to know when to turn that down and when to turn it off because it's actually not a disability, it's a strength to be able to have, you know, have that, that dog in you as they say, all black men have it. But our problem is we don't know when to turn it off and when to be submissive. There is a time for everything. There's a time for submission and there's a time to be a dog. You got to know those times, you know? So I was able to find my mentorship, you know, my mentorship opportunities from my brothers because I looked up to them and they helped lead me to places that they've already been. But you, if you don't have that uh, 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 ability to look up to your elder siblings or brothers, go out into the world and find one. There is there's anything you look for in the world, you'll find it. Man, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because I remember listening to Marlon Wayans and he was talking about he grew up with his brothers as his idols. And so he he had that. So for you growing up, 
what were some of those talks like you know of course they're your brothers so you have a different type of relationship with them than just a regular person and having with a mentor because nowadays you can hire one right but what were those talks like when you when you grew up your brothers being your mentors you know one thing i'm always thankful for is that my brothers always saw the bigger picture they always wanted more for themselves and their family they were they weren't content with the status quo we all grew up in the same under the same roof right their own kinsmen hey guys it's willie from the black culture podcast i know you're enjoying this dope interview but before you continue, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Black Culture Podcast. Right? We all could have been a product of our environment, <laughs> but it's kind of like a, a step, a cycle. They had a mentor, right, who taught them things, and they, they were able to become my mentor who taught me things, right? So it's kind of, there has to be like a, a, a little stepping stone for each thing. My brothers always had a, a, a the bigger picture in their mind in that my they, they always thought big. They wanted big, right? And so every time I talked to them, they always they were always talking about big things. Like, you know, my brother was always talking about he wants to, you know, own this business. You know, uh, he's he's seen, you know, information about getting this loan or seeing this, you know, he he was always talking about these things. So because from a, I became a byproduct of that, because I heard big, I started thinking big too. I started trying to talk big with people too. Hey, really quick, before you get into that, I'm curious. You said your brothers had mentors. Who were their mentors? So uh, my brother, one of his biggest mentor was uh, uh, Dr. Terry. I, I think we all knew him from, uh, you know, back in those days. Uh, he also had another mentor. Uh, uh, he was a, uh, I think, a, a Catholic. Uh, um, what was it? Deacon or something like that. Uh, and so he had. It, it wasn't just one person. It was multiple people from different backgrounds. One was Caucasian. One was uh, uh, what was he? Uh, Hispanic, right? And they always the 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 key thing that drew them apart you know, together was they always came around the house to talk to my parents. You know what I'm saying? And that was when, you know, just from, you know, okay, they came around the house. That was when I was able to talk to them too, you know, and they actually took interest. Okay. So, Oh, who are you? Oh, you're Kazito's brother. Okay. Uh, that's good. You know, uh, you know, uh, shot me there. And I mean, so whenever I had a question, you know, I'm like, okay, Hey, uh, you know, I, I want to go to undergrad in Texas. So that was one of the conversations I had, you know, when it was my time to, go to college I'm like I don't I don't really know what exactly I want to major in I don't really know exactly what I want to do and you know they were able to give me advice okay if you want to go to Texas if you want to go off to college make sure you're saving money too make sure that you're not you know if you know someone in this you know try to pick areas that you know people just so that you can have maybe have people where you can you know save the money and maybe stay at their place if it's family or this and that you know so they were always giving me multiple uh, multiple uh, avenues to attack my plans, you know? And so that's, but that's one thing that uh, most people that come from our background don't have. And so it's a key, you know, to have people that you can pick their brains about multiple things. Yeah, man. Um, 
it used to be a tradition in our community where the older would just teach the younger. I mean, it was just, it was expected, right? Nowadays, we don't have that. So you having grown up in the household that you grew up in, which was probably a little different than a lot of the other households around there, what would you say for today, how we can reinstitute that into the black community? I think, you know, I was fortunate, right? With the street where I grew up on 133rd on, uh, on uh, Kinsman. Um, man, my neighbors were, were some of the best. They, they still had that old school mentality. They saw me like doing something. I was just, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell your mom, <laughs> you know? Like they, they actually cared about forming a relationship with me as their neighbor. They, they cared about forming a relationship with my parents, you know, when we moved in, you know? And that's one thing our, our communities are lacking now. Uh, people aren't really focused on forming relationships. Everyone is focused on their, themselves on trying to better themselves and not, we're not looking around anymore. You know, when I was playing, you know, when I came out, even when I was, you know, playing around, uh, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, my parents relied, you know, trusted that our neighbors were on the porch and they were watching us. You know what I mean? Kids these days, you know, we sad, you know, we're hearing the sad stories in our neighborhoods with kids getting uh, abducted, you know, and, you know, this and that happening. It, it points back to that. People aren't one, the, the sense of, you know, community has been lost and that people are now focused on themselves. It's become more about me than we in our communities now. And everyone is focusing on trying to be better than their neighbor instead of trying to be uh, their neighbor's keeper. You know what I mean? And that was what I had, uh, you know, in my household and in my community at the time. Uh, my neighbors cared for me and for my family and my family cared for them and their families. And so we were, I was able to be a kid. I was able to, uh, you know, um, I was able to actually uh, uh, form, you know, a, a thought process of community at a very uh, young age. I wish our communities, of course, there are barriers in place that's caused this because, you know, the more people are working now, as opposed to uh, back in those, you know, I'm talking about back in those days, like it wasn't just a uh, early 2000s uh, <laughs> um, but you know people are working a lot more you know uh the cost of living the cost of surviving has gone up since you know 2002 2003 uh so uh of course there has to be a response from you know people to try and you know work more and you know to feed their families but there's still not an excuse for even when you know you're coming back from work or you know when you have you know off days to go outside and actually uh, uh, care about your community. And, I, you know, people talk about the hood. We want to, you know, leave the hood and this and that. But I tell you, man, I, you know, growing up in the hood and the community I had was the best thing I've ever had even, even after because I formed relationships with people who cared for me. You know what I mean? When you leave, you talk about leaving the hood and going to the suburbs. When you do leave, and when you, you know, no one, <laughs> let me tell you, it's not the same. You don't, no one cares about, you know, no one really cares, you know? So it's just my little, uh, my, my uh, opinions of, uh, of why I was able to, you know, uh, thrive in that environment. Man, it's funny, me and Willie had the same conversation about the uh, hood. So 
I actually want to get your take on this, right? So you get people that become successful. They leave the hood, of course, to move to neighborhoods that are predominantly white. And, you know, they'll do something like build a school or whatever or give back in that way. But you have all these other ethnicities owning businesses in the hood. Right. Taking money out the hood back to their communities. And that's, to me, an easy fix because they're thriving off of our dollars. We stop giving them our dollars. They won't thrive. And then we replace them by us being members of that community as business owners. And then we can build up the community. And it won't, I mean, personally, me, I don't even like the term the hood. Everywhere you go in this country, whenever you see a hood, it's usually us, right? Black or uh, brown. So my theory, not my theory, what I've seen, and this year is a hundred year anniversary for the Tulsa race riots when they had black, black Wall Street, right? They didn't thrive off of charity. They thrived off of commerce. They thrived off of trade. They, thri- they thrived off of making sure that that dollar never left the community. And it wasn't the hood. So tell me your thoughts on that on, you know, because I, in a sense, even though I live in the suburbs, my grandparents, a lot of my family members were still down there. We, we went down there all the time. How do we build that up um, to where it's a thriving community? that we're building that where the money is flowing through us and it's a better future for our uh, children. You know, I think it starts with the men in our communities. Men have to, uh, if we look at, and I hate to bring the music <laughs> into, into this, right? Because music, uh, uh, it's kind of like saying video. Bring it, bro. We do uh, it. Bring it. Don't hold back on here. Okay, uh, we, we can relate it to the music. Uh, we can relate it to the, the media we consume. If, you, if you're hearing, uh, you know, uh, if you're constantly hearing, you know, even science can confirm this. If you're constantly hearing something, your brain will start believing it, right? You're hearing, you know, music uh, about killing your brother. I'm gonna I'm make, I'm trying to make this money, 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 if you, if you, if you listen to most music that we hear in our communities, right? I guarantee you, you would not, <laughs> you know, you, you scroll through the, the, the uh, song, you know, the playlist on each uh, Z1079, right? Coast, scroll through the playlist. It's always money, money and any, by any means necessary, right? Our men are constant targets of um, brainwashing, right? where we, we, don't, we don't want to uh, care for each other. We want to be better than each other. Everybody wants to be the point guard. Nobody wants to be the center. Nobody wants to you know, get the rebound. Nobody wants to uh, you know, um, do the dirty work. Everybody wants to be the point guard though because the point guard looks good bringing the ball up, right? <laughs> so uh, even in our history, you know, we look at Dr. Martin Luther King, you know, when he was, you know, uh, starting his ascent, you know, earlier on, he had opposition from the men in his in his circle, men in the community, because they wanted to be him. They wanted to be the point guard. They wanted to be the voice, right? They were looking you know at what? him. How do you have to be the voice? I want to be the voice. I feel you know like what? it's better. 
let, 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 let me let me jump in right there real quick because um, I just want to uh, talk about something I heard the other day. So Willie, I was telling you about Dapper Dan, right? Right. And yeah. So he grew up. I think by the time King was shot, he was like in his late twenties or something, or in his early twenties. But he said this. He said, "Man, see, our generation knows King as this hero. When King was alive, they looked at him as a square." Yeah. Right. And they looked at Malcolm as a sellout. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's and crazy. And, and, and I want to get, get back to the brainwash thing, man. Cause we talked about this too, Alex, the music, like they, pro, they promote and I can go back to, to Cardi B conversation. Right. Oh man. So my thing is this, man, you, you notice if you look over the history of, music only the black artists talk about the money the the sex the all of that you've never really seen money cash holes money like like seriously though think about that right go look over the history of of music you've had little kim then you had artists like trina you had artists like uh Nicki minaj now you got cardi b all of they make sure to me i guarantee you if taylor swift came out with a song about WAP and shaking her behind, that song would not push as much as someone like that looks like Cardi B. And I feel yeah. like that's another way to brainwash our young women coming up yeah. because they listen to that. And now they think it's fine to go out here and twerk something anywhere and bust it open anywhere because they hear them talking about that. Like, I would love to see, I think Cardi B could make a regular song, right? That song would not get played and would not go triple platinum because she's not yeah. talking about what the society wants them to talk about. And I think that's another way to keep our next generation behind because all they're oh. hearing is WAP, this, that, and the third, bust it open for me, all of that. Like, it's brainwashing. Right. And, the you know, uh, she, she is a human being, right? She has to, you know, do what she has to do to feed her family. <laughs> so uh, I oh, can't... Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Does she have to do that? Because we use that as an excuse, right? right? We're, okay, you said we're programmed to think money, money, money. All right, how much money do you actually need? Like, you don't need millions of dollars to feed your family. Like, I, I hate when people use that as an as an. Cut you off, though. Go ahead. You know the biggest mistake that we make as human beings is that we, gain, we, we base our worth, right, off of money. Like you think, you know, we, 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 you think that a certain amount of money makes you someone, right? You see some people, right? When they get money, they, when they get a certain amount of money, they, they change, they start to act differently. They, they believe now, you know, you see someone that you grew up with that wasn't, that didn't used to act a certain way that you would have said, well, this person was just a regular, but once they got a certain amount of money, they start acting differently because now they believe they're worth something now, but before they had the money, they didn't believe they were worth anything. And so it's the were were they always like that, but they just didn't show it because they think that the money validates their behavior. Oh no. I think even me, I can see, you know, for me in a certain, in in a lot of ways, right. And it's me, this is being honest, right. When I was in, you know, in high school and, you know, college, when I didn't really have any money, I was, uh, you know, just regular me. I, I didn't really, 
uh, uh, voice my, you know, opinions on certain things. I didn't, I didn't really feel a sense of worth, right? But when I got a certain amount of money, I believed that I needed to be hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and this is human nature, but in our community is more heightened because we're constantly seeing poverty. We're constantly told, right, that we are poor. So when any kind of money that of significance enters our hands, we start to, we, we, we think now that we don't, we're above our communities. We think we're above our fellow, our neighbor or above, you know, who we've shown other people to be, you know what I mean? And so when we listen to music that, you know, that promotes that, that tells you without money, you ain't shit, you know, but when I, I I'm the boss now, I got money, you know, it, it's, it's program, right? It's telling you that before, unless you have money, you're nothing. So you want to, you want to be something. So you chase after the money and anything that, you know, the thing about it is when you chase after money, you will at some point betray who you are and you will betray your morals, right? And that's what we're seeing in our communities. That's what we saw, we're seeing with Cardi B, going back to that, that I said that she has family that she has to feed, but I'm pretty sure also she's at this point betrayed, she has to betray her morals to feed her family, She to, to keep that money that she's gotten now. She now believes that she's someone and she doesn't want to lose that. So, so now she's going so, hard or going home with it now. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. And so let's let's I like this conversation. Let's go deeper. Right. Because mm -hmm. that's just one. I call them weapons of mass destruction for the black community. Let's let's go even deeper. Um, music. Let's look at media as a whole. Um, the way we're portrayed in movies and TV shows. Right. Yeah. Um, the way we're portrayed on the news, um, the way our young women look up to want to be a Disney princess. Um, the justice system, the education system, the corporate America. Um, and then, of course, you know, you're, I don't know if you're first generation or second generation, but you have your connection to Nigeria. Most African-Americans don't have that. Um, and the majority of the time when we see Black excellence in a movie is usually fiction right so it'll be something like coming to america black panther etc cetera, etc cetera. um and then i gotta throw this on there now we got feminism right because a lot of our women don't realize feminism is adding to the division of our community because it's only focusing on one member it's only right. focusing just on her where it's like you know uh, appreciate the woman um, praise the woman, praise the woman, blah, 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 blah. But do they realize that the highest group of unemployed individuals in this country is actually black men? A black woman will get a job quicker in this country before a black man will. All these weapons of mass destruction, um, you know, going back to crack in the 80s, three strikes law in the 90s, hip, hip hop actually changed. If you go back to Biggie and Pac and those guys, that's kind of like the pioneering of the positive message when it became a negative one. And now that's what we're feeding our, our sons and daughters. And now they're growing up hearing it. So white men don't have to do anything. It's just now it's just being passed along from generation to generation. But here's my point. Um, or I should say, here's my question. Individualism versus collectivism, right? And in in this 
country, just American culture period is a very selfish one. It's focused on self, focus on me being great and this and that versus take what I do and I'm just adding to the pot so all of us in our community can benefit. How do we change that? How do we change that mindset where the focus is not always just on me, right? Because I mean, you, you, you see it, somebody get a piece of money and they run away to go be over so I don't have to share none of it with you versus man you can actually help give me an opportunity right so like how do we change that narrative how do we change that that way of thinking in the midst of all this programming first we got to turn off the program <laughs> you know what I mean you can't it's kind of like you know uh before you can fix you know the house you kind of have to stop the fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't keep trying to fix and the fire is still, like you're burning. Fix, you know, you fix, it's burned out. Fix the foundation, man. Yeah. And so whether we want to admit it or not, the truth of the matter is if the music we listen to, the media we consume is destroying our communities. It has it has removed the actual picture, the real picture of uh the, the uh, African-American family, the, the black male, the black female. I was watching old movies, you know, uh, I forgot what it's called, um, but man, it, I, I'll think of the name and I'll send it to you, Will. Uh, but it, it, it portrayed the African-American family very well. And that the woman, listen, I don't, there is nothing wrong with feminism when it's actually the actual idea of feminism, right? Is, is to empower the woman to, to reach her potential of being, right? Who she is in her, in her actual self, which is a woman is a beautiful, is, is a powerful creature. But the thing is many times in our society, uh, males we we do mask that a little bit there's you know it's not wrong with admitting that but when the problem when the problem actually uh you know comes is when we're actually saying a female now is no longer should be should surpass her, her male counterpart right or when we say a female doesn't have to be a wife or you shouldn't want to be a wife or you shouldn't when you're basically boosting the ego more than the spirit. That's what feminism has become. It's become about ego, right? It's become about self-reliance. It's become about independence over anything. And that's not what the, that's the, the, the uh, black female is at her best, right? When she's next to, her king when she's Preach, when she, bro. she's at her best when she's able to she brings out the king the black female brings out the king and the male when she's at her best when she's herself which is a nurturer which is a supporter which is whether this hits home or not a giver now our community our society says that makes you weak and no one wants to be weak anymore they say the female should not be a nurturer who's nurturing her <laughs> you know should not be a giver should not be they're even saying now that you know you should not be a mother you should not you know you should focus on your career first and that's good focus on your career but also don't betray right when 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 
when the fe- when the black female when her idea of who she is is destroyed, the whole the whole community is destroyed. Yeah, and and you said um, that Alex, remember that I said yeah. they feel like now the next way because I and this was a thought I had definitely during this pandemic, man. And the other culture they they hear us coming. Trust me, they mm-hmm. hear us coming. It was so many businesses created, black businesses thought of created during this pandemic. Our community did not just sit down. You see, so I see so many young people, so many people that started podcasts, that started their own business during this pandemic, right? So the black community, I look in this next generation, you're going to see so many black owned business, so many black owned entrepreneurs because we use this time wisely. And I think they feel that. So now the quickest way to get to a man is to get to his wife, get to his woman. So to me, that's their target right there. If we could get to that woman and try to get in her ear, then she'll get in his ear. And now you got this collision. Go ahead. Or or let's let's go back to where it all started, because it's not like we're without blame, too. Right. And I say we as far as men, not necessarily this group of guys on this call, but our fathers, our uncles, our grand our grandfathers and whatnot. Right. So absolutely right women have abilities and capabilities knowledge and wisdom that men don't possess absolutely and vice versa right so for example i'm a gentleman by birth right i would never let my woman take the trash out i would never not hold the door for her in fact i would never really not pay i would prefer you know you got these women out you know they chasing the bag and that's cool but you know again I'm a gentleman. That's how I was taught. That's how I was raised. Um, Now, a woman, she has this intangible capability that makes everything else better. So you give a woman a house, what she give you? She gives you a home. You give her uh, some seed, she can grow, grow you a garden. Just like if you impregnate her, she gives you this beautiful child. Women to me are actually even better with money. That's another conversation. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yes. But um, separating that, let's go back to where that started, right? So you got to go back to when the government came up with this master plan to remove the male from the household. And they did that through the welfare system, right? So if a man is in the house, that's why you had a lot of women not claiming men. It was just them and the kids. It affected Black communities way more than any other community because that's who was hit the hardest financially then you throw in the crack epidemic right and i'm and i may be missing some stuff because then you had the war and a few other incidents that removed the black male then you throw in the crack epidemic so now that leads to mass incarceration that leads to destroying our communities and that's being passed down from generation to generation so now the man isn't there so unfortunately our women had to be strong they were put in a position they should have never been put in in the first place. Pass that down from generation to generation. I don't need a man, independent woman. I can get my own back. And here we are in 2021. Um, so that has history to it. It's not just that didn't come out of nowhere. But what American society has done a great job of is constantly shoving it in our face. Right. Constantly shoving it in our face. So now our young girls are growing up thinking, you ain't a woman if you're not paying your own bills, if you're not doing for yourself, if you don't have this and you don't have that. That's not the definition of a woman. 
am I against those things? Absolutely not. I want you to be educated, sharp, the whole nine. Because yeah. one, one thing I used to tell my girl is like, look, something happened to me. You got to run all this. So I, I want you to be right beside me. But my job is to protect you and shield you from everything, which is why I'm out here. I'm going to get that bag for us. But nowadays, that's used as a weapon against us. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can speak on that, but going even further back, I, you know, I remember that movie now, Will. It's called The Butler. Uh, okay. I was, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. You know, we talk about, the, you know, removing the male from the family structure. We go back to, uh, you know, even slavery. It's still, we forget slavery has not been that long ago. Right? It's even still, Jim Crow, which was post-slavery. Post that was only 50 years ago. It has not been that long ago. So we look at epigenetics. It takes, it takes the same way it takes uh, time to reverse a gene or, or to reverse a, a certain, uh, um, you know, uh, de uh, deficiency. Before you even take time to reverse it, if it's still going down, we haven't taken any time to reverse, you know, what has been started during slavery. Remember, we're watching the movie The Butler, the, you know, the male, you know, while the, the female was being raped, the male was was removed so that they could, I mean, I don't want to get too graphic so that they could rape, you know, nah, bro, go ahead, go ahead. Right. But the male was either removed or killed. And so the what the female had to be strong for her child who saw this had to be strong for, you know, her family in the midst of the whole community who knew this, right? And so it's it's been perpetuated from slavery and it has not been stopped. So there's no, it hasn't even, there's not even time yet for it to be reversed because it's still being sublim subliminally uh, uh, injected into like our thought processes uh into our communities daily from the music from the media you know it hasn't been stopped people think oh slavery is over no it's not over the war is still going on you understand so until the 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 key to to their to their tactic is destroying the structure listen you put uh you put a, a male and a female together you got a whole army okay you put those two together, you have a whole army. The key word you said there was together. Yes. Now you separate them. That's divide and conquer. Now who's, let me tell you this, a, a, the black female is actually stronger than the male. You separate the female from the, your, the male is easy pickings. You know what I mean? Dig, dig, dig into that a little bit because I feel like in the comment section you're gonna have a lot of brothers like what? What oh, did yeah. you say? <laughs> when it, when it comes to physical strength, group strength, when it comes to uh, tactics, the male has an advantage. But when it comes to man, just being able to see the play, right? The coach, you got the point guard, right? But the coach draws the play. The coach is able to see the play before it even happens. So he tells you, okay, this is, this is the play we're going to run to counteract their play. Every coach who coaches, you know, any, you know, I don't know if anyone here has coached, but when you're coaching, you're not just like, you're not just drawing up a play because it's a good play. You're drawing up a play because you're seeing what, they're, what they could do to try to counteract it or what they're already going to run, right? 
the female, the black, the, the, the African female is able to see the play before it even is even materialized. So she's able to advise her man and say, that's why the female is the first to notice your, your fake friends before you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Because she can play. Yeah, man, they, they, they see everything. They, right? see, they see everything, so, bro. So there, so there are literally, if you can't see, you're weak. You're, you're going to be, you're, you're easy pickings. But when you can see, you know, the, the, the bullet coming or the spear being thrown, you can dodge. So your woman is your eyes, right? When you remove the eyes, you can go at the man easily. You can have all the strength you want. You listen, the black man is a strong is a strong force. You can have all the strength you want, but if you can't see, you're wasting your time. And I'll I'll just add to the end of that: if you remove the man, you make the black woman easy pickings because she doesn't have that one to shield her and protect her. Because while she can see, we were given the physical strength in that sense in order to protect. That is true, but. The way that uh, I'm going to also put in a little Bible reference here. I don't know if I can. Go right ahead, man. Absolutely. Go ahead. But in Revelation, uh, you know, the female was being attacked by the dragon or whatever. And she ran uh, to a place and was uh, protected for some time against the dragon. So why, when we look at that, right, a female, yes, she needs, she needs that protection from her man. It's best for you to have that. Right. But when you can see, you can also run to protection. You can run to, uh, you know, a hideout or this and that. Right. A female is more able to is more able to stand. Let me tell you, this: a female, a, a female is more able to stand an attack than a man to tell you the truth, because the man and his dumbness is going to try to use his strength when really an attack most times is about using your brain. Right. The strongest man is not the is, is the, the, the most the most physically imposing man is not the strongest man in the room. Is the man that has that has this here. Art of they war. Were able to defeat Goliath, who was bigger than him, not because he used he, you know, Saul gave him a, a you know, a, a, you know, a, a, a sword and a, a, all kind of uh, chainmails for him to go fight. But he said, I, I, I can't use it. It's not my strength. He he defeated Goliath with a stone because he used his brain. Right. He said. Was his weakest point? Is his head? <laughs> you know, I can't fight him head head on. I'm, you know, so. But the man, us as black men, we, if you look at black males, our biggest, our go to is brute strength. That's why we're easy pickings. You look at what was going on with, uh, you know, during this whole pandemic when, uh, you know, things were, you know, being escalated. You know what our reply was? Oh, let's go buy guns and let's go at them. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was what I was hearing people say. I'm like, are you 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 don't know the play? They want you to do that. They know they're they're waiting for you. They 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 actually anticipated you doing that because it's in your nature. It's in your nature to use brute strength. Man, I remember like people were saying like during the riots, they were down there being peaceful, and I remember them saying. I remember. I think it was Greg Jennings. He was on. No, no, no. It was Steven Jackson. He said, we got there. We was about to peacefully protest. He said the street was clear. All of a sudden, they looked like 20 minutes later, and it was just a stack of bricks out there. Mm. So literally, it was like, we did not bring bricks. So literally, they planted it there. They planted it there. 
then all of a sudden they they pretty much put it there to make us react to it and some of us like you said fell into that trap because they started oh, absolutely yeah absolutely. and I, and that's not the only that's not the only person i heard say that i heard that story so many because at first i was like man they just randomly popped up but then i heard people say that like no they were putting stuff there because they know eventually somebody that was not that smart was going to go grab it and say hey let's throw it or they was going to see somebody else doing they want to go do it so no yeah i understand what you're saying Oh yeah, I mean down just in downtown Cleveland, a buddy of mine went down there and he was like a lot of the loot and everything that was going on wasn't about people that looked like us. No. Yeah. You no. know what I mean? So yeah, they they got funded to travel around and stir up reactions, violence. Think that's a conspiracy too. Yeah. I mean, in a way it kind of is if you if you want to dig into it because really the root word of a conspiracy is just a plan. So they they planned that. At the end of the day, that was their response to uh, they saw a tide coming. Now, how do you stem it? You you got to paint you got to paint your opposition in a certain way, right? You paint uh, you paint the black male again as destructive, as uh, you know a, a locomotive that doesn't know how to control his strength. You know what I mean? That was all we were seeing on CNN. You know, black people start dancing on uh, on cars, and they they painted they 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 shot it so well. They, you know, jumping on cars with you know in the background was a house burning. You so know, they can have that moment where they say, "See, this is why." See, yeah, this right. is why. Yep, exactly. When, when so, in fact, there was way more peaceful protests going exactly. on that they didn't actually they show did them. not show. Right. So at the end of the day, we we know the play. The play is. First, you know, if we look at Machiavelli, if anyone can read that book, uh, um, the, 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 the first thing that your enemy or you will do is to try to paint your, you know, paint your enemy, right? You're you talking gotta, about the uh, prince? Yes. Okay, the prince, okay. Yeah. So you got to be able to kind of paint them, you know, say this is my enemy is this, you know, and, and, and present them to the, to the world as that. And that's what they've done with us as from, you know, from the time we were introduced to the world. From the time a black male is introduced to the world, he is a threat. You are introduced as a destructive force. You are not in black males. In a lot of ways, we can be nurturing. We are in a lot of ways loving creatures. You know what I mean? Uh, but we've kind of learned to morph into the image, right? The image that we've been painted, we accepted it and we said, OK, this is what we are. I'm going to be the best at it then, <laughs> right? But one thing, one advice I will, you know, give to my brothers and my brothers is that, listen, strength is nothing. It's really about the mind. You got to be able to, you got to be able to gain knowledge and be able to, you know, draw the play. It's no longer about, the game is no longer about brute strength. It's no longer about uh, 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 power and strength. It's about, it's about the mind because what they're playing is it's mine now, you know, and they're, they've been winning this, this war on both ends for generations, for, for centuries. And you're not going to, we should know by now that you're, you're not going to defeat any force with your strength anymore. You got to be able to, you know, use this. So going back to the question that you had, uh, uh, Alice was that um, you said, how can we, you know, in terms of community, how can we build, let's say, another Black Wall Street? How can we be self, a self-sustaining community? 
And I said, it starts with the black man. The black male has to be able to one, use this, right? To be able to build knowledge and to be able to submit to each other, to see, to see, you know, Pac, you know, Tupac, you know, a lot of people see him as the, the, the rah, rah, rah that he was, or, you know, but really he, he morphed into that because he lost, he lost himself. In the beginning, he knew, he, knew, he used this and he said, um, one of the biggest thing that he said was, uh, you gotta see me as your brother and not your, uh, uh, something like, you, you gotta see me as your brother. That was the biggest thing. You gotta be able to see me as your brother. You gotta care for me and I gotta care for you. You gotta be able to allow me to be the point guard and you can be the shooting guard. We can't, everybody can't be the quarterback or the point guard. Everybody can't be the face of the movement. Everybody can't be the voice of the movement but you gotta be willing to support the voice. You gotta be willing to support, uh, you know what I mean, the face. Be okay with that. There's, there's, also, there's also a lot of honor, right? And being in the back, right? Serve it. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with being in the back and playing the back, right? You don't have to always be in the front, you know? So allow, allow first we gotta raise, you know, raise people who are willing to, be submissive to each other to see me as your brother. And then you got to be able to use, use, uh, gain knowledge and use it for the betterment of your people and not just to gain knowledge for yourself. We gain knowledge for ourselves so that we can say, okay, now I'm the man. You know what I mean? No, it's no longer about being a man. It's now about a whole, a whole people. The battle isn't over. You thought this was over. No, just because you leave and go to the suburbs, it's, you're still a target. I, one thing I learned the other day, I learned this, you know, I don't know if I can go into this really quick. I know we got to, uh, you know, jump into other topics, but, you know, you can have all the degrees you want. You can uh, have the nice cars you want. You can have all the money you want. <laughs> but as many, you know, black or male, black male celebrities have learned, they actually do not care about any they will still when when and uh for example uh, not saying all police officers are bad not saying all caucasians are bad not making also this is also not really a whole wholly about race anymore really uh but you know that it gives them even better pleasure when you're in a place of regard when they can still sun you and tell you you still ain't shit right you know, it's, ha it's, try it's almost happened to me many times. And it, it makes me realize that no matter what you have, as long as this, this here is still black, it's still brown, right? You are still lower than low to, in their eyes. So, so wait, so why are you right there? Because we're going to dig deep into more into that. This next question I asked you, because I want to get into John F. Kennedy High School. What year did you graduate? I was 2010. 2010. We, okay, so we graduated together. I couldn't remember that. Yeah. So listen, mm -hmm. man. So hold on, wait a minute. Last year was y'all ten year anniversary. Yeah. yeah. I don't man. even think it coordinated that. Yeah, bro. Like they just uh somebody created a Facebook group for me because mine is next uh next year for my twenty year. Y'all oh, some wow. young bucks, man. <laughs> listen, you know we're just we're just trying to gain some of that knowledge too. You know exactly, man. <laughs> So that's where I want to start at, man. Tell me about like your career now, like life after high school. What did you get into? Because I remember you you told us before that you started, 
I think you started out in, as an engineer, I think you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah I so actually, tell us about that. Let's get into your, your, your life after high school. Right. So uh, undergrad, I did uh, environmental engineering. Uh, didn't like it. I really just got the degree just to say I graduated. Uh, and, you know, I, I didn't enjoy what I was doing. I was making money. How long did that take? It took me six years. Man, so you did that, you went through that for six years and didn't like it? Yep. Man. Yeah. But it, it shows, you know what I mean? It's more, I, I got the degree just to get the degree, you know? So and so let, let me jump in because I know it's a big thing um, in Nigerian culture, Dr. Lawyer, engineer. How much of that decision was you? How much of that decision was pressure from parents? Oh, yeah, it was definitely pressure from parents. You know, good question. Uh, to get that degree, you know what I mean. But it wasn't really what I enjoyed. It was mainly to to appease to appease uh, that structure. But there is nothing wrong with that because I would rather have somebody. Uh, in terms of edu education, is the way. I would rather have somebody uh, pushing me that way than someone not pushing you. When you don't have anyone pushing you, then you don't actually feel like you you need to accomplish anything. You know what I mean? Uh, but I did that environmental engineering, tried it for a year. I came to Cleveland. I ran for city council. Uh, I lost. And whoa, 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 That's right you there. You're going to speed past that. Yeah. Uh -uh. Let, right. let's, let, like you didn't say what you just that. said. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So I, I, you know, after environmental engineering, I did that in Texas. I came to Cleveland uh, and I ran for city council in 20, uh, 2017. Uh, I was a, you know, ward four in the same neighborhood I grew up, I grew up in, uh, you know, it was more about me trying to, uh, create change in the, you know, I came back, you know, to where I grew up and I just saw how everything had changed. There was no community, uh, rundown houses. We talk about, you know, uh, a fairy tale turned into a nightmare. You know, you see a community that's no longer uh existent it it, it it sparked fire in me to try and change it uh and that was what i tried to do but unfortunately uh you know the councilman who who's been in you know in that seat for 30 something years uh he was able to convince you know the people that you know that was what they needed and so uh uh i think you know when when people are used to a certain it's hard to it's hard to tell someone they need something new when when they've heard it many times, you know. And so I did that, and then I uh, ended up going into uh, pharmacy school. Uh, last, this is I'm actually in my last year now, and so uh, my story is has, has has come full circle. You know, I I left Cleveland, uh, you know, to try to, you know as we, you know, connecting with everything we've been talking about earlier on, I left Cleveland, you know, to leave the hood and to, you know, better myself, but I ended up coming back as well to try and better, you know, the hood and uh, it's still continuing to this day. Can I, so, cause this is, this is, uh, I, I believe you can do that, right? I know, I believe, and you see it all the time, right? You, a lot of people that feel like, I never really try to shame anybody that feel like moving from the hood into a, a white neighborhood or another area because i feel like my goal is 
is to empower our people and to empower black people. And if you feel like moving out from that neighborhood is making you better, all right, then all power to you. That's how you feel that will make you better. And I feel like it's one thing to move out the hood and better yourself. Definitely, I guess I'm really speaking on celebrities. A lot of them that do make it and move out, they do go back to their neighborhoods and give back. Now, right. it's one thing to move and just never, because I know some people that just say, F Cleveland, I, like I've literally heard people say that. I would never feel that way because I know where I come from. I was in Cleveland Public Schools. I know what we lack in those buildings. I know I've heard stories from people that went to suburban schools that I was like, wow, y'all had that. We didn't have yeah. that in Cleveland yeah. Public Schools. So I would never just turn my back to it and say, man, forget that. No, the chance, the first chance I get to put resource into that, because I know what type of computers we had. I know what type of books we had. I know what our lockers look like. I know what our gyms look like. I know what the library looked like. So I feel like you, do you feel like you could still do work in the neighborhood by not actually living in your neighborhood, the neighborhood you came in? Um, I think it's harder. I think uh, if, you know, an advice I would give anyone who's, who could be in that position or is entering that position, I would say um, you should be in that neighborhood if possible. Uh, not saying it, it, you know, it's, you know, any route you decide to take, if you decide to do it from outside, but it's harder, it's easy to give money when you have it, it's harder to give time. Time is more expensive than money, right? Because time, you can't really get that back. Money, you can get it back, right? Most of the people who make, you know, it's a write-off for most of these donations people make. <laughs> so they're not really giving anything. You know what I mean? So you can give me all the 10 meals all you want. When you get it back, uh, what really are you giving? But when you come in, you give your time, you, 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 you talk to people, you say, hey, listen, we got to, let's, let's change this. You got to change the people first before you can change the community. You can build, you know, we see all of this stuff, you know, Cavs building a new library, but the library is fucked up in a year. <laughs> I said that, I said that too, man. Like, and I know you've seen this too, Cecil, right? And yeah. I've been victim to this before and I promised myself I would never do it again. I will be in a, uh, as we, uh, the hood and I will be eating something and throw it on the ground, right? But then I caught myself one day, I was out in a more suburban area and I was eating something and I would not throw it on the ground. Yeah. But then I was like, why, why, why did I do that? Like, why am I so comfortable with trashing my own home, my own neighborhood where I come from? But when I go out to another suburban area or a, a more white area, I respect it. Right. So when you said like, that's the thing that has to change in, in our, in our neighborhood. So, because a lot of times we don't value it. Like you can put, like you said, you can put all the buildings and libraries in there all you want to. If you still gonna go and throw your shit all over the ground and throw your stuff all over the floor, then it's it's gonna look like it did eventually. Brother I Will, just want to state on the record, Willie does not respect the hood. I just want to state that. On hey, the record. I said that, and that <laughs> probably happened yesterday. That was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all in all honesty, though, you know. That that's very half of the problems we have in the hood. Actually, half of them can be solved by ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, when I ran for city council, you know, when I one of my ideas was with uh, with all these dilapidated uh, abandoned houses. Really, if you have, I said, if you have, if you are 
a person who lives in this community, not someone who lives outside and you're trying, if you live in this community and you show me an actual plan that you have for this building, you'll get that building for a dollar. Well, I'm gonna, we're gonna make more money with you fixing this building and actually having a business inside of it than it just like being uh, uh, demolished or abandoned for however long, right? So half of the problems we have in the hood can be fixed by our, you know, the trash, the, the, the uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you go to a bus stop in the hood, it's the, the windows are busted in, the, the, Absolutely. the uh, graffiti everywhere. What, what's the point? What's the point? But you won't do it. But you won't do it when you leave the hood, though. You won't do it in the suburbs. But you'll do it to your own people, right? And that's it's mentality. We don't see each other as the same way they don't see us as anything. We don't see each other as anything because it's been drilled in. So we gotta have programming. We gotta have that reverse programming. Gotta turn off the music. Gotta gotta watch what you know uh, what we're watching, and then we gotta be active with each other. I'm not saying you know go out and be a whole community activist. You know you're going around and with a bullhorn and saying, oh, change the hood. No, but it can start small by just what you do in your daily life, by not throwing that trash on the floor, by not, when you see somebody, I don't care what, what it may be. If you see somebody doing something that's destroying you, tell them, hey man, you know, like, you don't have to be aggressive about it, but listen, I'm gonna tell you, if I see, I'm gonna tell you, hey, listen, you know, hey, you know, I understand this and that, but I mean, what about, what about, you know where we live you know i'm gonna tell i'm gonna talk to you about that don't don't do that because it's not just about it's not just your community it's my community it's my grandmother's community it's my sister's community they got to walk these same streets as you so when are we going to take responsibility for our own actions yeah we talk about we've you know we spent some the majority of the time talking about the things that, that's been perpetuated from the outside but when are we going to start taking about the things we're doing from the inside in our own houses as well. We got to start doing that. I'm tired of, you know, sometimes, you know, every time something happens in our community by a white man, we get, uh, uh, what's his name? Reverend Al Sharpton. He come, oh, ah, fire of this and all this and that. Yeah, yeah. But when we have a, a shooting spree in Chicago, when a thousand people are, you know, dead in just a couple hours, uh, nobody wants to speak on it. That's, we got to start, we got to have that same mentality when it comes to, you know, the things we do to ourselves in the same way that we have when, when somebody else does it to us. I would rather, I would cry more if my own brother killed me because of what I had than if another man, if a, if a white man or a, or Hispanic or uh, Asian man uh, killed me in the streets because of what I had, because you look like me. You go through the same struggles I go through. You fight the same inner battles that I go through, yet you decided I wasn't worth it on that day. I would cry more than my own brother doing that to me than any other man. So all of these protests when I understand it, but I want you to protest when my own brother kills me. So while running for council, you said you lost. Explain, and if it was anything, tell us something that you learned uh, by running that maybe it motivated you into your next career in your life or just something that just because I feel like in every situation there's a learning something you learned something you got from it what was something you got from it that you did not have going into that you know everybody starts something with good intentions I started that with good intentions but it, there I didn't have the full understanding of why I was doing it and 
after I didn't learn this until after uh, it was over, but I learned just a deeper appreciation for my people. As I said, I left the hood because I wanted to be better. But when you want to be better too, you forget the people and you start to think you're better than the people that you left. Right. But when you come back and you, when I came back and I was doing all of that, going door to door and seeing like, man, what kids have to wake up to every, imagine you're in, I'm talking about 93rd, you're in the hood at 93rd, you're at 116, you're waking up to that every morning. How can you not be depressed? How can you not go to school and just like cause a, cause a ruckus? You're waking up in that every day. There is no escape. And so it, it, it made me appreciate my people even better, even more. And it made me try to, you know, actually, actually care. You know, a lot of people, a lot of leaders in our, you know, that, that are put on the forefront, most of them, it's all about the image. It's all about, it's all about the power. It's all about uh, 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 being a man. It's not really about the people. It's not really about the struggle that, that your people are going through. You know what I mean? Because a lot of them just, you know, well, let me not get into that. But it's what it's, it made me appreciate what it's, what it's really about. And that's the fight that my people are still going through and will still continue to go through until we actually start to tackle the real root of the problem, which is ourselves. So, so let me ask you this. When you were running, I feel like everyone who runs for some form of office always comes in with a plan, right? Like a blueprint. What was your plan your your blueprint to push things forward um and to basically take it from one state to the other one of my key plans was first uh community beautification there is no reason why the hood can't look like the suburbs only reason the suburbs looks the way it does is because they have more money being pumped in so they can do absolutely Absolutely, man. It, it's funny you said that because over our, so I'm, I'm on the west side of Cleveland. I'm from the east side, but Ohio City, which used to be a dump, yeah, looks like Manhattan <laughs> right now. Right, it's gleaming all these brand new buildings. And yeah, it was cool. funny because I always used to be like, "How come there's no trees in the hood?" Right, there's no vegetation or anything like that. But there's none over here really but you got these brand new beautiful buildings it's hustling and bustling everybody's out that's what it could look like very very easily man and you know what the beautiful thing about it is most places in the hood we are at key places so close to downtown so we could actually be living in the best place in the city right most people you know live in the west like they got to travel so far to get downtown we only it's only 15 20 minutes for most most, uh, you know, most places in the hood, you know what I mean? So we could actually leverage that. You know what I mean? And you can buy everything really cheap. I mean, just, just think about all the buildings, all the homes that need to be torn down anyway. You can just rebuild them super cheap. Like even I was talking to a buddy guy we had on last week. He does a lot of work in the city of East Cleveland. You can buy East Cleveland super cheap, man. Yeah. And to turn it into, um, I'm, I'm trying to think, uh, Buckhead in Atlanta is yeah. actually smaller than East Cleveland as far as square, square miles. You can literally turn it into something like that because it's right, it, it's not that far from downtown. 
it's close to the heights but it's right next to university circle yeah right so you got all these college kids all these grad students i mean you could turn it into something sprawling and amazing bro right so it's vision you know what i mean you gotta gotta have vision and i saw that vision because the the, the location is right and we, we in real estate we always say location location the location in the hood is right but the thing is gotta have vision down the flats we remember what Back in the day, we didn't want to go to the flats back in the day. <laughs> nope. Now everybody's going there, right? So in the same way, it's all about image. You can turn the image of the hood into something else. So my first thing was beautification with one targeting these uh, abandoned properties, especially also with uh, young 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 people, high school uh, uh, you know seniors or uh, juniors, those two uh, uh, demographics, targeting them and say, hey. Don't go work at KFC. Don't go work. Okay, we have a. If you're a contractor and you show me that you are actually registered, you have actual funding. Okay, we'll work a deal with you with most of these. But if you got to hire a certain amount of high school students from certain certain high schools in this area, right? Teach them certain things. Listen, uh, uh, trade work is 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 a is a, a a missing skill now in our communities, and it's very important. College is not for everybody, and that's the truth. College is a business, and if you don't have, if you don't have what it takes, now everyone can have what you can always grow into. Great, you can always grow into something, right? College could, you know, you can make college for you if that's in your plan, if that's in, you know, your 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 goals for your future. But if it's not, learn a trade, okay? And the best way to do that is by hands-on activity not learning about it and, you know, go out and do it. So we were going to work with schools and just to try to, you know, turn this into a community again, you know? Uh, you literally just said everything I've been saying, like the past few episodes about school. Like, think about this. And I know, Alex, you got a question, but I just want to like piggyback off this before you, he switched the topic, right? No, no, bro, go, go ahead, do your thing. Do your so thing. the thing, the, the, the great thing about this episode is that Cecil and myself, we literally went to the same high school. We had classes together. And I didn't realize this until I graduated. I really, how Who got in trouble more? That's all I want to know. <laughs> Who got in trouble I more? got in no trouble. He can vouch for me. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I never really got into trouble. But it's mainly because of, again, you know, most of the, you know, teachers, they all knew my, you know, my, my the people I associated myself with. So, like, they just thought, you know, I was good. <laughs> See, so, people in school knew who my cousins was, but that didn't necessarily help with grades. That helped with getting me out of other things. But that's another yeah. conversation for another day. So I say this all the time, like, man, think about if going out of high school, right, you knew how to manage money. You knew how what credit was. You had a trade. Because, listen, man, this is just the reality of the nature of the beast. Nobody wants to say this, but it's so true. Everyone that graduate high school is not going to go to college. Yes. So what if graduating high school, you had a trade? What if you like, you could go run a CNC machine. You could go program a, a CNC machine. You could go do carpenting, do plumbing. Like, so to me, and, and I got nothing wrong with it. Like we spend four years, three years of high school learning different types of math, different, different types of science, right? Unless you're going to take that up when you graduate high school, you really just wasted time. 
Yep. Why not take those years and start, hey, you know what? These kids need to learn credit. You should not have to learn credit at the age of 22, 23, 24, 25. You should know credit when you graduate high school. Bro, you, know, if, if, you should if, know how to manage a credit card when you graduate high school. If you know, I can just piggyback right. off of that real quick, Willie, because you just said something that I never thought about. Everything that you just said, all those skill sets are exactly the skill sets that we need to rebuild the community. Like, think about that. So when, you know, back in the day when having a trade was the main thing, because a lot of our fathers, grandfathers, et cetera, they didn't actually go to college. They were more employable having a trade versus having a degree. Right. So as of as of now, a lot of our men, even though they're going to college, doesn't necessarily mean that they're guaranteed a job when they leave college. But if you have a trade, those trades are valuable skills in the workplace. But those exact skills, including knowing what to do with credit, are exactly what we need to rebuild the community i just wanted to and think about this though like alex and cecil a trade you could take anywhere right you can you can start your own business with a trade so absolutely so think think about like and and this is my thing to where like i just believe high schools are failing in a lot of areas like again like and a lot of people want to ignore this everyone's not going to go to college when they graduate high school that's just or what's gonna happen is this is why a lot of people is in debt are in debt too. They felt the pressure of going right to college, and you go to college and you it don't you don't work out. Now you got all these student loans because yep. instead of someone pushing you like, okay, I see you college really is not what you want to do. Get your diploma, graduate. But when you graduate, hey, why don't you go take this plumbing class? Why don't you go take this 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 sewer class? Like to and now you have something to to use, and that's to me. And like you said, Alex, that can build up the hood too. But I just wanted to go ahead and comment off of that, man, while, while you was on that subject. And the thing too, is that, you know, one thing I learned is, you know, talking to young people is that, man, a lot of, a lot of young people in our, in our communities, man, they have some great ideas. They just, Absolutely. Don't, know, they just don't know how to ex- uh, execute it. You know what I mean? Or they feel like they can't, they don't feel like they can do it. So in the same way we're talking about, you know, you, you know, you go to college because you feel like, okay, you, uh, everyone's going to college or, you know, it's a thing to do. You go and you have all these, why, why not, instead of doing that and getting all of those student loans, why not, you know, we teach these kids about credit, how to start a business, how to run a business. Kid who has the idea for, you know, starting, you know, a construction business or they can easily, your, your credit is, you know, the, most people don't learn about credit until it's too late. <laughs> exactly. And that's sad, bro. Yeah. So if, if you if you teach these kids about credit and how to use credit, how to gain credit, a kid can start his own business, get the, the required uh, 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 loans he needs by the time he graduates high school. That's if you set them right. If you yep. teach them, absolutely. You know, so there's a there's a different path for everyone. And we gotta make sure that we we open all of the doors for them. Right now. There's not even one door open if you're going to school, school in the hood. Will, you remember the books? We were, I remember, <laughs> you know. Bro, don't get me started on them books, man. We're, we're like, for the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, you would literally, we it's, it's 2009. You see names in those books from literally 95. Yep. And so 
when I went to, you know, you said that, that earlier too, when I went to college and you know, I'm hearing these, these kids talk about, oh, I, you know, I remember taking this class and, you know, we had this, I'm like, y'all had, you, you guys had that? Uh, you know, we didn't have those same opportunities. We but, remember, Cecil, we had science class, right? All we did, I promise you, all we did, we passed this class by just taking notes. Yes. All we did was take notes. I don't remember taking the test. I just remember coming in, taking notes, and I passed that class. And, you know, the crazy thing is it it, it, it came back to bite me when I actually went to college. I It took me six years to graduate. And the first two was because I, I had to play catch up with calculus, with everything. I didn't know what I needed to know before I even got there. And so imagine... You know, and, and the only reason that I stayed in it, the only reason I kept going was because my mentors kept telling me, no, you, what, you, you think you're going to drop out? <laughs> or you think, no, you're going to finish this. You know what I mean? So imagine kids who don't have that mentorship, who don't have that, that backbone, who, who's, you know, who, who you'll have friends in the back, in, in your ear, family who are telling you, oh, you should just drop out and come do this, you know, with me. We got this opening here. You know what I mean? I, you know, I could have, but we go back to that again, it's the importance of mentorship, right? That when you don't, when you don't have the ability to keep on going, that mentorship will hold you accountable. You know what I mean? So uh, that to me was how I made it through uh, undergrad because I knew nothing as, as we can, as we can talk about, well, I knew in terms of what, you know, my counterparts knew, I knew nothing, you know? And you know, something uh, you talked about vision. And uh, vision is what built the world, right, for the most part. But just take the U.S., right? They took a desert and turned it into Las Vegas. They turned it into the entertainment capital of the world. And um, when it comes to money or resources, there's an abundance of that. If, if you, like there's always saying, a man with money meets a man with vision, the man with money gets the vision and a man with vision gets the money. Um, you know, all these resources available to us for those that have it, for those that made it out. And I hate to use this as an example because I don't like us as a community always looking for a celebrity to come and save us. Right. However, the celebrities have a good deal of influence and money and they have access to more money so how do we get celebrities or not even celebrities successful black men and women to not just donate and willie to your point charity for for us it it will help i'm not saying it won't help but for us to sustain like for example y'all were saying that y'all didn't have to write books and computers and all, yeah all that all that stuff helps but to sustain that because charity isn't meant to be permanent. It's only meant to give you a hand up so you can create permanence, right? But how do we get them to invest in a vision, right? Because it's one thing, because it's like they all got their own agenda. This one wants to build a school. This one wants to buy shoes. This one wants to build homes. It's like, there. I feel like there is a blueprint, like a set blueprint for every community. And here, I mean, uh, just think about it. I can't think of one black owned grocery store here. There's one black owned bank that I know of. 
I can't think of one black owned hospital. Um, a really good black owned school system, a black ran school system. And those four things are the four pillars of a community. You got those four things, you can run it. So how do we get those who've made it out, the successful ones, to invest in vision and take that vision and now you can create a sustainable uh, community where you don't have to keep going back. It's like you're taking one step forward to go two, two, two three steps back. Like, how, how do we get that done? I think we got to have, uh, um, it goes back to it again. We got to have people who are willing to show, um, you got to be able to show me that if I invest in you, you're not going to take advantage of it, one. And two, you're not going to lavish, you know, languish it. You know, one, one thing I always read is that, um, and, and I'm a very spiritual person, I'm not religious, but I, and I, I believe in spirituality, right? I truly believe God doesn't give you anything that he knows you're going to uh, just languish. You're just going to blow. He's, it's kind of like in the, you know, the prodigal son, you know, you ask for his money, he just went and blew it on strippers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because that's what he liked. He you didn't have it, a, That's an interesting point, though, because uh, we see so many of us get all this money and blow it all. Yeah. You, usually on strippers. <laughs> yes. yes. No, no matter how we want to admit it, we all have our vices. The black male's vice is women. We, 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 we love it. And, this, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you gotta be able to control your vices. It's not, it's not exactly. going to be for you, you know what I mean? And so for me to invest in you, I gotta see that one, you have control of yourself. You have control of your, you, you're able to control uh, your you know, finances and you gotta be able to show that uh, you're able to, like you're able to accept you know, accountability, because if somebody's going to give you, heavy is the head that wears the crown. If somebody is going to give you anything, they got to be able to hold you accountable. We look at most, you know, most schools in, in, in our communities, they, some of them do get some funding, but the thing is, a lot of people there are greedy, right? And we have people using funds for uh, things they should not be using funds for, right? And so, Again, it goes back to, we gotta have people who are willing to sacrifice what they want for what we all need, right? We gotta have people who have a sense of community, people who, who are not trying to be the man. Power is given to people who are not trying to be the man. It's given to people who, who, who don't actually want the power. You know what I mean? So, but the thing is, we all, we all wanna be the man, man. That's the thing in our community. We all wanna be the, there's, Sometimes there's nothing wrong with it, but when you want to be the man too, you're willing to step on, you're willing to step on, uh, you know, trust. You're willing to step on uh, um, morals to be the man. And so it's hard for sometimes for celebrities to come in and, you know, you know, trust somebody uh, in the community with these things because they've they've had they've had a bad taste in their mouth from times that they've already done it before, you know, and so. Most times that what that's what happens. They have a bad taste in their mouth because they tried it once and they got burnt. So um, right now you're in the pharmacy, right? Yes. 
So um first off, what made you what made you get into that? Well, like what 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 drew you towards that career? You know, I always knew uh people, you know, one of my uncles, he he was a pharmacist. I never it wasn't something I would have thought I would be doing. I always saw him and I just thought, oh, that's boring. You know? <laughs> uh I always knew, you know, some other people as well from afar who were in the field and I just thought they were boring. And uh, that's one thing we all see, in, you know, as a kid in the hood, like you don't want the boy, like you, you want the, gla the, the glamour, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't want that, you don't want, you want the, the, the speed fast. You want to be look, look like, you want to be, you want to be noticed, put it like that. Yeah. And what, you know, I, you know, just from picking their brain again, I started talking to him, okay, what exactly do you do? What, you know? How are you able, you know, what do you make? How does this, you know, it actually, you're, you're more likely to become a pharmacist than uh, uh, a prestigious rapper, basketball. Like there's nothing wrong with those dreams. I, I, I don't, I tell people there's nothing with having those dreams. It's good, right? It's good to, to if you have those skills to want those dreams, but you also got to know that you have to be realistic too because it's not just about you, right? You have a seed inside of you. Every man has a seed inside of you that he owes, he owes the right to give them a better life than they had, right? And so, yeah, you, it's good to wanna be, you know, a, a great basketball player, to, to, to share your story through your music, to uh, um, want those types of, you know, you know fast or, or glamorous lives but also know that there's also glamour, right? In being a doctor, there's glamour in being uh, a lawyer. There's glamour in, in being a pharmacist. There's a glamour in, in, in being a police officer. There's glamour in being a fireman. There's glamour in being a carpenter. There's a glamour in being a plumber because you're making, one thing we don't understand is a plumber makes, some can make $60 an hour, right? You mean to tell me $60 an hour <laughs> you know, at the end of two weeks, you can't live the life that you're seeing that you that absolutely, you think man. So, at the end of the day, really, you got to have a plan, but you got to understand that uh, that life that you want to live, there's there are actually good ways to live it. You don't have to do it the legal way. You don't have to, you know, seek it the fast way. There's patience. It's good to have patience, you know, and, and go hard, work for something, man. Like that's what it's all about. Like. Man, it's funny you say that because we live and in growing up, I felt like this. If you don't arrive by a certain age, it's like your failure. Right. If 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 you're not here, like, for example, in our remember society, that big age, Alex was 25. Right. Yeah. And then by the time you're 30. So just men, women. Right. So you want to go to college. Get a great job, buy your first home, married, have a family, and it's all supposed to be done by this certain age. As if if it doesn't happen by that age, I'm not successful. Right. Right. So, um, but you know, everything you said, man, are the values that we need to input back into our youth. Because if they're if they think everything's got to be real fast, and unless I'm famous, right? I remember Oprah Winfrey talked about that. She said one of the reasons why she I believe she in, uh, built a school in Kenya, I think, um, or some, somewhere in East 
Africa. And she said, the reason why I chose Africa is because here in America, the kids, all they want is Jordans. They want new phones and they want to be famous. Mm. It's true. It's true. And, but the thing is too, like, it's not wrong with wanting to be famous, but the thing is like, you, you got to weigh odds, right? We got to teach kids to go for your dreams, but we also got to teach them, right? To have, to, to actually also have a plan. Don't go aimlessly. Don't, don't go blind, blindfolded, you know, for a dream. We also got to teach them about other, like there, we have, when you go to hospitals, you will barely see a doctor. But when, when I see, I'm in the hospitals all the time, you know, and when I see the way some of our, you know, some, some older women are treated, some, you know, of color. And I say, man, if only kids in high school could know that your mother could be treated in this way coming into a hospital, right? You should probably consider going into this field. We talk wow. about police. That's a great point, bro. That was a great point right there, man. It's true. And we talk about policing. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tough subject, but man, if, if whatever I, I'm constantly, you know, I don't want to sound uh, like I'm a, you know, some kind of guru or whatever, but I, I I'm a, a sound believer in you, you think it, go and do it. We talk about, you know, policing in our communities all the time. Why, why not? Why don't we have infusion groups of black males ready to go into the, you know, I mean, apply for police, you know, police academy and those kinds of things. Teach kids in high school. Listen, hey, you don't want to, you're not, you don't want to go to college, apply for, for, the, uh, for the police force. Apply for the fire department. You can actually have a good life in those careers and you're helping your community and you're protecting not just your grandmother, your sister. We, even in the law, in, in, in lawyers, we don't have enough black lawyers. So we don't have enough representation when that's why we have the mass incarcerations because <laughs> the people that are representing you, they, they don't care. You, going back to the hospitals, I'm talking about during the pandemic, we were seeing the, I was seeing the way, you know, uh, uh, you know, a black, you know, a, a female was being treated in terms of her pain than, you know, when a, a you know, a person of, uh, you know, a person who's not of color came in with right. the same, yep. how they were, I was like, man, this could be my mother. Oh, dude, I've, I've heard all those stories. And uh, so let me ask you this. You ran for city council and lost, but you seem like a guy who perseveres, right? Um, what are your plans moving forward? And what are you doing now to continue to impact the black community? You know, uh, no, no stories ever is, you know, ever uh, goes as we plan it, right? Um, that's what makes the, the story intriguing and that's what makes it interesting. That's what, if not, if, if every movie ended with the way we thought it was gonna end, we wouldn't really watch it. Uh, for me personally, my thing is that I know my passion, you know, stems from, you know, my people. My, my passion stems from, uh, the youth, man, there is so much, uh, there is so much on their heads and there is so much that has to be done to prepare them for, you know, the things that are to come in the next, 
and this next round of, uh, uh, you know, let me not say attacks, but in the next round of life, right? The youth, the our youth today, they're not prepared for what's to come, right? Um, and so one of my biggest things I, I want to, you know, I, I go in, you know, during before the pandemic started, I I, I was going into, um, uh, you know, high schools to talk to, uh, you know, kids about what I do and you know ways to get into you know the medical field and you know ways to overcome you know those fears of not you know being adequate enough because that's one thing people of color will face when you when you're trying to go for such a lofty career as you know pharmacy or 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 or, or, or anything in the medical field you think you're not good enough because you haven't seen good enough right so it's really just to kind of build their mindset so that's one thing I've always been passionate about talking to kids uh, I try to do that often. Next goals, I think I probably will uh, be running again uh, for city council in, in, in very soon in the next couple of months, I'll probably be making that announcement. Uh, and so it goes back to. Um, so, so did we just get a exclusive just now? <laughs> who knows i can't i still can't let the cat out of the bag <laughs> who knows <laughs> hey, let him out let him out on the black culture podcast <laughs> uh we'll, we'll we'll hold off we'll hold off on the breaks for a little bit you know uh but we'll uh you know as i said like as we as we we talked about earlier you know we gotta we gotta change the narrative you know change the image you brought it up change the image of the black family, right? They've painted, they're painting it right now and putting up key figures in music and in, 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 in movies. Key, you know, the best way to, to brainwash the people is to use their own people, right? So they, they, you know, a lot of key figures are being set up to tell us this is who you are, but it's really not. So uh, we have to also work on our end to also build a different narrative. And so that's what I'm trying to do uh, with uh, one, in my career, uh, you know, trying to, you know, speak to, you know, uh, the youth and encourage them to go into these various careers and uh, trying to be active in the community as well uh, in politics. So before we close, one last question, and, and this is for, you know, we've basically been talking about Black America, but when we get into Black diaspora, African diaspora how do you think we all can work together because it's not just in the states it's not just here that this is going on it's going on all over the world um i had this conversation with uh, uh the young lady who's uh we're going to release her her interview next week um we talked about how if you're chinese it doesn't matter if you're Chinese in the U.S., Chinese in China, Chinese in South Africa, you're still considered Chinese, right? If you are German, same thing. If you're Irish, it's the same thing. With us, and I know that all of our cultures aren't the same, but there's a lot of things so similar that we can use to work together. Those communities tend to work together globally. With us, we don't work together globally and i believe that kind of goes into that divide and conquer yes. what, what, what would you say to bridge that gap because it's one thing for it to change here right but it's another thing for it to change on a global scale and now we're incredibly strong 
as a global. So if I go, it doesn't matter where I'm, where I go, I fall right into my community the same way if I was Chinese or if I was Irish or if I was whatever, I fall into, you know, where, wherever my people are, I'm there and, and I am with them. So what would you say would bridge that gap? Honestly, you know, in a lot of ways, a lot of the, uh, you know, events that's occurred uh, globally and especially in this country, uh, the, you know, the George Ford situation, uh, the many other events that happened during the pandemic and pre-pandemic uh, and, you know, on a national scale ha- is helping to bridge that gap because it's allowing uh, individuals in uh, uh, African countries and uh, all around the world to see that, listen, you're not, you're, you're, you're not exempt from this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I think the best way to draw people together is through, uh, uh, sometimes it's through tragedy, right? And that's what I'm seeing personally in that score and, and that tragedy, the tragedy of uh, those two specific events, the George Floyd situation, uh, uh, and as well as um, the one pre- before George Floyd is helping uh, people to kind of open their eyes. Because I think in the past, one thing that we have seen is that people, people uh, in, in uh, the Nigerian community, the Ghanaian community, all around Africa, they thought they, they haven't really been exposed to what happens in this country to African-American males, right? So when they see someone who looks like them, when this is happening, they're, oh, they, they, they're awake and they understand that they're not exempt. So I think tragedy is helping, you know, to draw, to bridge the gap, but we also have to do more work. And, you know, I think uh, individuals, you know, African-American males in this country, it's good to, you know, travel out, okay? Go to African uh, 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 towns and just travel, you know, uh, I know one of my good friends, he's traveling to Ghana, uh, uh, I think in October, and uh, he's doing this out of just spontaneity. Uh, and so I encourage that. I encourage, you know, people to go back and learn learn of those cultures by, you know, from face value, as opposed to reading about it. Because I think even though we have, we have a, a culture that's being drawn out for us in the media, as African-American males, we have a culture that, that's not really our culture. That's a culture that you're told is your culture. Right, and that's a culture that we're willing to accept because it's easier to accept it. But I would say to any you know that person that 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 male that that black African American uh, uh, female that's watching this, I would say, listen, your culture is back in Africa, okay, and you have to learn about it. This what you're being told in terms of uh, pop culture, it's not really the truth, you know. And so learn of that culture. I'm not saying, you know, to start wearing the dashikis and <laughs> start, you know, all of that. But I'm saying that in your heart, in your mind, who you believe that you are, it starts from who you think you are. If you think you're, if you think, if you know who you are, if you know your culture, if you know your background, you're more able to, uh, 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 to survive, uh, you know, the, the, the constant barrage of, uh, brainwashing, you know, uh, techniques that's, you know, being shown um, 
to our people. So as we spoke earlier, the best way to defeat a people is to, you know, uh, brainwash them, to, to, to uh, rid them of their, of their identity. And so for you to counteract that, learn of your identity. It goes both ways. You got to also put an effort in and people in Africa as well. I know a lot of uh, uh, African friends that I have, a lot of them are, are, are now more, more, uh, more kind of open and a lot more uh, uh, receptive with, um, uh, you know, people who've never been to that region, you know? So I think we just gotta, we just gotta start talking, communication. You know, we gotta accept. The thing is that I think what I've noticed, I, I don't know how much time we have. I just want to touch on this really quick. One thing that I've noticed, right? Even growing, you know, well, you can attest to this, you know, even in high school is that a lot of black males, African-American males, they don't really want to identify with that, uh, with that um, side of their culture, right? Um, I think most times, um, because it's unknown, it's not really something you want to touch back on. But I think I would encourage uh, anyone who has the time to learn of that culture because it teaches you of who you are. And you are, man, if you, if you know who you are, then you can do great things. But if you don't know who you are, um, you're kind of scattered with the wind. And so uh, um, that's pretty much all I, you know, I know I, I kind of beat around the bush a lot there, but it's really what I had to say. I think we got we to gotta communicate. And the, right now the channels are open because of tragedy. No, bro. I, I like that. Know who you are. So listen, man, first off, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, man, for taking the time out to, to come on, to enlighten us, to give us your background, give us your mindset of what you think it's needed and is missing in our community. Man, uh, we really appreciate it. This was almost two hours of just pure gold, man. Alex, you got anything to say for close Yeah, up? man, uh, you know, let us know how we can help. You know, cause absolutely, because I think we we already confirmed that you are going to run again. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real, if there's any efforts that you're working on, because I've got something that I'm working on, and uh, with your mindset, it sounds like it would be a good collaboration. Um, you you love to work with youth and young men. I also love to do the exact same thing because I feel like if you can get them while they're young, it'll make like you like to quote the Bible, right? So train a child up when they're young and the way that they should go and when they're old they won't depart from it um i feel like we've been training them on the wrong things but if we can train them on the right things when they get old they won't depart from it so yeah let us know um how we can be of any benefit uh we got to get together man and you know uh this is a marathon you know what i'm saying <laughs>